You are now listening to the Whipped Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is Bianca and Chantel. We are so excited because uh, I have two amazing women with us today, um, Bree and Jacqueline. I'm going to allow them to tell you guys a little bit more about them, but basically both of them, I was drawn to both of them. I think, Bree, I originally met you because I went to a workshop that you had about intuition at the Good Spirit in Vancouver. Jacqueline, I met you at a party like years ago, and I was instantly drawn to you, and we kind of stayed in touch, and we've had many beautiful conversations. Um, so... This is a real treat to have you guys here today, and why don't you guys introduce yourself? Who wants to start? <laughs> I think the birthday girl should go first. Yeah. Oh, it's Jacqueline's birthday, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my name is Jacqueline Jennings, and I am a business coach, an, like an entrepreneur coach. I am a group facilitator and business consultant, and I also lead um, lead group facilitation around decolonizing practices and also retreats and strategic planning. And I'm a mom and a cancer, obviously, because today is my birthday. I also identify as um, a person of mixed heritage. I'm indigenous and white, and my pronouns are she and her. Thank you. Uh, And I'm Bree. I'm a spiritual medium and channel. So, um, I communicate with what we usually term as the other side or the non-physical, which is really just kind of a different vibration. Uh, And I have been doing this for probably at least about 10 years, a decade, not to age myself, but, uh, and more recently, I'm um, most passionate about teaching people and empowering them to access their innate intuition because it is something that's very innate within all of us. Uh, And also I'm probably like the most lit about helping people get past their subconscious blocks and their, you know, past and, and pain um, and more into an identification with what you could call the soul or the loving self or the unconditional self. So um, yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. So, um, we have both these ladies on today together um, because they work together. You guys call each other, you say business wives? Work wives. Work wives, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that sounds better, business wives, work wives. <laughs> um, but another reason why I wanted to have you guys on together is I saw you guys lead a workshop together at the Reform Conference that I spoke at as well. And uh, your chemistry was incredible. So Bianca and I are all about creating great content. So it just seemed like a good fit. (laughs) (laughs) No crash. Everyone on this podcast is a water sign. So I'm sure we're going to go deep real quick. Yeah. (laughs) Also, we'll make sure that we create Qualcomm for you guys. (laughs) 
So maybe start by telling us a little bit about uh, in what capacity do you guys work together? Because I think that's a good place to start about maybe take us on a path about, you know, the soul and work, how those things. Yeah, so Jacqueline and I have been friends for quite a while, and uh, we tell the story about when we met. We were both like mentors for this um, teen yoga retreat, a part of Girlvana, and we're kind of polar opposites. Like I'm tiny, I'm like five one, and Jacqueline's tall, and uh, she. It's just so funny because in hindsight, I'm like I was really intimidated by you, and she and she was intimidated by me, but for different reasons, because she was like, she's a psychic, she's going to see past all my stuff, she's looking right through me, and I was like, she's so tall, and like, she doesn't, uh, what I love about Jack is she doesn't do that thing where it's like, how are you, but how are you, like, oh my gosh, like, she's just like so grounded and in herself, and she doesn't waver in that, and we're so used to people doing that, so build, but I was seeking her support in shifting from, I was working for a nonprofit and still dancing a little bit, and I wanted to, and I was doing like sessions on the side, and I wanted to start my biz, so I kept harassing her, and eventually she surrendered and helped me like make the jump, um, and then I was sending people to her when I felt like they were ready. It was like, okay, we've done like all this really deep clearing work and now you're ready to activate work with Jacqueline. And Jacqueline was sending me her clients that were stuck within their business. She was like, they can't go anywhere. Like, sure, you can have a vision, but if you don't believe it possible for yourself, because, you know, as you guys know, all of our beliefs or our blocks aren't compartmentalized. They're like, the core beliefs are about ourselves on a really deep level and that's going to bleed into your business. So when her clients were stuck, she was sending them to me. So, um, we, I actually did like a, a reading for Jack like a couple years ago and saw these retreats and I was like, Oh, you're like, people are coming in and you're turning them out. Like you're giving them really, really dense curriculum and then they're going out to the world and activating and I didn't see myself in the retreat. <laughs> Potentially psychic fail, I don't know. Um, and then, so yeah, that's why how we kind of started working together and just combining our, um, like for lack of better words, our curriculum or, or like our best of. Um, yeah. Did I miss anything, Jack? I'm going to add. I'm going to add. So all of what she said. And the reason that I was intimidated by Brie is that I was going through some stuff in my personal life and I was afraid that she was going to read my mind. So I was um, trying to get pregnant and I'd, um, I'd been pregnant before and had two miscarriages and then I had an abortion. And I, until I met Brie, I didn't realize that I was like carrying like fear that that meant that I wouldn't be able to have a healthy pregnancy. And I remember like, we were like walking to the beach and it was so beautiful. And there's all these empowered teenagers everywhere. And I should have been feeling great. And I was like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. She's going to, she's going to know and she's going to see me, but she kept, yeah, she kept contacting me. And I was like, we didn't connect. Why do you keep contacting me? Away. <laughs> I'm like, I'm your future. I'm like, help me. I'm poor. Yeah, help me. I'm poor. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but not, you know, from Bryce, not real. Um, and 
so in my work with leaders and entrepreneurs, like really, if I had to sum it up in a nutshell, it's like to help people figure out how they're getting in their own way. And spoiler, it's always, it's always trauma. It's always a wound that needs to be healed. And so I have a lot of tools that I can use to help people get past that. And I'm a little bit of a bait and switch. They come to work on their business and they end up working on their leadership of themselves. But I was, I was getting to a point where I was like, I can't do the heavy lifting about this unresolved childhood trauma that you're only discovering exists right now in this session with me. You need, you need a bigger team and Brie has the biggest team, uh, like your soul and the aliens and intelligence whatever and she just does it really quickly like my um how I describe Bree's work because she's worked on me is like three years of therapy in like three hours and the first time that Bree did a reading with me we'd driven down to Southern California um to kind of close the loop like I did have a healthy pregnancy and now I have a son and he's five. And when he was eight months, we went down to Carmel where Brie lives and we had this like magical time and we stayed and she, she um, channeled his soul, which completely changed the path of my life. Cause we were like living in the city, like so urban. And then his soul was like nature, wow. <laughs> wilderness, ceremony ritual and it also so it was like twofold we we it kicked us out of the city and it also kicked me out of the spiritual closet that I'd been living in since I got sober when I was 15 and got a spiritual practice for living but I'd been like hiding it because it was so you know um the community that I grew up in like if you even mentioned God they were like oh you're an extremist Christian like weirdo so there wasn't a lot of space to show up that way and it really she really was the the vessel for that like coming forward into my life and now it's like I now I'm like a witch who lives in the woods <laughs> it's so true I met Jacqueline at a party when she was a city girl and now fashion was working in fashion y'all yeah and uh then I went to go visit her and I had to take a ferry and uh <laughs> Made me some like witches brew. I was just curious as you guys are speaking, like you're describing kind of the work you do, but I want to know how you actually help people move through um, some of their past trauma to break through whatever it is in their career or relationships. How do you actually do that? So I usually, you know, we tend to start with the surface stuff like money or love or whatever it is that we're experiencing IRL in the moment. What do you want that you don't have? Yeah. And looking at what belief systems we're holding that are not allowing that in um, and or what belief systems we're holding that are keeping those quote-unquote blocks in place. And I have kind of like a formulaic method that I'll use, but essentially we work ourselves back down to childhood because from the time we're in the womb until we're about age seven, we've kind of locked in all of our subconscious programming or like brains actually function differently when we're that age. There's a lot of like theta alpha state. And we're also just 
here being like, okay, how does this all work? <laughs> how do I, how do I essentially remain safe and get love? And so we form these kind of, uh, we could call them maladaptive coping mechanisms, but, but they're just like, you know, negotiations of around, and we all have them. And from our soul's perspective, I believe we're trying to learn the expansiveness of things. So if I, uh, grew up with like, you know, parents that fought a lot, I might've learned how to deal with that by like hiding, but I could have had a sibling that learned how to like perform. Right. And so if I'm holding that like structure within myself around safety of, I have to hide to be safe, that's going to show up without me knowing on a very unconscious level within my work, I'm going to be afraid to be seen. Um, so I usually kind of start there with like, what is it within your life that you want? And let's take a really deep look at why that's not showing up. And so there's like this, the side of the subconscious where we're repeating patterns, but from what I would call like spiritual side, our soul or the universe, it's just like continual opportunities for us to shift it. Like, do you want to shift it yet? Do you want to shift it yet? Do you want to shift it yet? Um, and so how can we really, how can we show up differently in the moment is the healing, but I've found it most powerful to be able to look at and understand where it's coming from because you can't really solve a problem without realizing what it is at its core. And then being able to also remove yourself Right. And to say like, oh, there it is. I see what it is. I can take compassion and accountability for how I am participating within that. And now I can begin to shift it and re-identify it. Um, and so that's like uh, the, the basis of looking at the core of our belief systems on a really simple um, level. But then also I try to get people to really understand the perspective of their soul or their loving self or their unconditional self. Um, and that kind of goes in alignment with some of the work that Jack, Jacqueline does or that we all do when we envision a future self or a self that has no blocks or, you know, you've heard that question of like, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? You know, you're essentially in a, in a place to feel free to expect, express yourself completely and fully. And I would say that's more in alignment with your soul. So I, I usually try to bridge that gap between opening the person's intuition um, and actually just trying on, on, a, on a conscious level, what that could look like and feel like. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I just found, I, I, I think the, the majority of the power is within realizing that we're not those limiting beliefs or past or pain. And they're actually there in order for us to expand through. Yeah. That. Yeah. Great description. Um, what comes up for me is um, the, maybe the, like the fogginess, of mm -hmm. the connecting to what the soul's desire is um, mm -hmm. and the, like the, trauma right so um Jacqueline you know we've talked a lot about variety and and the steps um within the steps you know there's a lot of talk of, like the willingness open to 
tune into God's will or the universe's will or your soul's and for me like just been such an important one because as I worked like nearing trauma so I might have a desire that I'm like yeah this feels like it's aligned I really want this but it's like it's it's not because it's just it's a product of my deep need for safety because of trauma right <laughs> so there's a lot I find I'm like there's this point where it's like I just allow me to be open to the will of what should happen do you like when I say that what comes up for you Jacqueline maybe about with your work with actually being able to experience but also your work within the whole 12-step program yeah I I what came up when you were talking is like for me about how we all learn differently. And so one of the things that Brie and I do together in our work where we bring people together on retreat and also separately in our individual practices, because we have, you know, um, we have businesses on our own, is introducing people to multiple ways to open up to receive that information. So, you know, it could be breath work it could be walking in nature it could be journaling or it could be like very directive practical you know writing around desires and core values and vision um you know both of us incorporate a tremendous amount of meditation into our practices muscle testing like sometimes I kind of laugh because we're like, oh, you didn't get it this way? How about this way? How about you try it this way? Oh, that didn't work? How about this way? Like we have this really kind of um, bottomless well of of tools and ways and modalities. And I'm coming across them all the more and more all the time. It's like, how do you get yourself out of the way so that you can listen to that divine wisdom? And, you know, for some people who haven't done any sort of spiritual work it's like going for a run or like they have to you're they're on a plane like i know one um thing that often lets in divine wisdom is like having some sensory deprivation so floating flying in a plane blow drying your hair being in the shower like even just suggesting that people tune in in those spaces to what's coming through there's a great oprah and pharrell clip where they talk about how they both get really good ideas on planes and in the shower and she's like why is that so amazing yeah why is that and he's like sensory deprivation it's like yes oh wow interesting for me shower is like huge yeah i take a hot shower i'm like oh my god i should be doing this like all these things happen i'm like i have to run out of the shower to write them down but anyway showering is really good <laughs> i'm basically oprah is what i'm saying yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm <Oprah. laughs> um can i touch on that a little bit yeah, please or jack do you did you want to share more about that sorry i just i'm inspired you, well, let's hear your divine inspiration, then maybe I'll <laughs> um, Well, just what you were saying, Chantal, about um, that balance and kind of thin line between desire, um, yeah, and our trauma. <clears throat> so the soul can still have desire, but it's like sweet, unconditional, blissful unattached uh the other day i was channeling for myself and my guides were like do you see how small and insignificant your needs are they were like showing me my like 
desire to have a house, or even it could be around work, around needing or wanting to impact X amount of people or whatever that is. And they weren't, it was really sweet and loving, but they were trying to show me like, okay, when you focus on the individual, you're making your, there's less of abundance or uh, information or, or, you know, infinite intelligence able to come in because you're asking on a small level. But when you ask, how can I be of greater good? How can I serve the greater good? You open up more of the pathways. So you're taking yourself, which means you're taking actually your, your, your blocks out of the way because anytime we're in need we're effed right and that's just like the nature of the ego and that little reptile brain it wants to like calculate and manipulate um and as far as like the the trauma piece you know when because i've been doing for re readings for so long sometimes my perspective on this is a little a little bit different because i connect with the soul so much and the soul's like amazing we're going through this like really hard thing or and the person is is struggling but there's such beauty obviously within that and within the wisdom that's absorbed from those experiences and that's why the soul is celebrating it because otherwise we're not expanding we don't understand so i wouldn't have been able to do this work if i didn't go through my own pain and trauma and dysfunction junction because i wouldn't be able to relate i wouldn't it's not even a language that i would be able to speak. And so obviously, you know, our goal is to not get stuck in the suffering and the identity around the suffering because then you're you're frozen. You know, it's like what now what do I do with this wisdom? How can I create a balance? You know, if this did exist for my best and highest good or the best and highest good for others, then what is it doing here versus victim and you know how you know what about me the individual like as as my guides were kind of sharing and they weren't making it wrong it was just like you know we were not allowing more to happen to us when we get locked in on those on those desires um yeah does that help or make sense around what you're asking that makes a, that makes a lot of sense and what the way you described it feels to me like the essence of what i was saying that prayer is like just just give me the ability to surrender to the universe's will for me. It's like, like being open. How can I serve and show up at my highest level of offering? Right. So it feels yeah. like the essence of that. And when I do get to that place, I feel so much more free and liberated. So that makes a lot of sense. But Absolutely. the interesting thing about the desire, I don't love the word desire actually. Mm -hmm. It feels like it feels a bit kind of hedonistic. Um, we were gonna say that. Yeah, but I, you know, we had a Jungian analyst on um, last week, and I used the word hedonistic, and he just went in. He's like, "Let's unpack that a bit." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh God!" And he basically like said to me, "He's like, I feel like you're using this word as a way to protect yourself from your needs that aren't actually being met, and it's too painful to even look at that." He's like, you deserve a little hedonism. I'm like, oh shit. So I'm a little reluctant uh, to that word now, but whatever. So <laughs> back to the, the desire thing. Um, this is where I get stuck. Okay, so let's say you're in this situation. Um, you need to make a decision of which direction to go down. 
And it's not like a decision for work because I find like with work, for me personally, it's very easy to be like, how can I just be of service? How can I just be of service? I would like to say that I think that you are a bit unique in this way. Around work, I experience. Oh, really? But yeah. you are a unicorn. So oh. let's first of all with it. <laughs> okay. I get that though, because for me, I don't have the work blocks. I'm like, I know this is coming. I know what I want to get. I know the amount of money. Like, I'm like, but in other areas of my life, I'm like, I don't even know what to ask for. I don't even know what my desire is. I'm just so blocked. Yeah, like with, with men, yeah. I'm like, should I put effort into this guy? You know, like he's, it's like fucking red flag. But is it because of my trauma? Is it all because of my trauma? Is he actually a good guy? What's the decision? And I really hope he doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> For instance, if this were to happen. <laughs> you have a psychic on the line. I mean, Bree, take it away. <laughs> oh, man. You noticed I haven't given any workshops around dating? <laughs> no. But I, um, it's like, it's like, it's kind of a, with the relationship thing, it's like, if I sh if I use the the lens of like being of service, I I slowly go into my like Al Anon codependency stuff, yeah. and yeah. I've been really careful with that shit in the relationship, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we can still apply um, the the kind of like simple concept of like if this were here only for my expansion then how do I move forward with it? Oh, God, I feel that in my body. <laughs> that brings up, we were talking, just so the listeners know, we were talking before we were recording. That also brings up for me when you say that, the chemistry piece. Mm -hmm. This chemistry really is you feeling this really strong pull to someone. That could be a friend, that can be a lover, that can be anyone. But really, we're using that word in place of there's something there that needs to be worked out. That's what chemistry is. I mean, totally. understanding and experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Verified from the angelic realm. They told me that and I was like, well, that's not very romantic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a, a magnet so that we can expand and let's like change our language around it, you know, so work out our issues. But um, yeah, so that it's there to help us shift into something bigger and different. And so when I'm approaching my, you know, pat patterns within dating. I just went through something recently, like last week or something. Yeah, last week. And I was sober to it. You know, I was like watching myself and I was like, okay, here it is. How are we going to go through it now this time? Like, this is very familiar. And I was watching my ego wanting to do the old dance of like manipulation. And this is how I like reel them in or whatever it is. And I was, I was watching it and I, and I was really proud of myself because I moved through it consciously as much as well as I could with that perspective of, of here it is. Um, I moved through it a lot faster. Like I would have gotten stuck in all of my heady stuff. Um, and, and therefore emotional turmoil. Uh, but I really tried to look at, okay, I pulled this in what are the, you know, I don't even want to name things negative or positive, but like, 
what are the things, what can I celebrate around bringing this in around here's data that I have new data, new like foundation to manifest from. And then what is this? I'm still calling this in because of my belief system on the quote unquote negative level. So what is that and how can I shift that? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just like, sometimes I think just the simplicity of looking at the ego and the soul, like where am I trying to negotiate or figure out or manipulate or strategize and how can I just show up without need? Um, and I always like offer that, even though it's hard, super hard to swallow within love. It's like love actually has no needs because we essentially want to be in adoration of the person as we would a tree or the ocean or the horse or whatever, which is not easy, but where we're supposed to be going. <laughs> so it's worth trying on. You were kind of able to step back from the situation and look at it through a sober lens, as you said. And in my hearing of that, that would be the evolution itself. Because I think we feel yeah. like we need to go into the situation. Oh, this is going to make me evolve and all of that stuff, right? That's what you kind of want to tell yourself. Like, this is bad. So maybe I should go towards it because I'm going to work out all this stuff. In my mm -hmm. experience, that never works. It's in, mm -hmm. it's in the actual uh, soberness of being able to not go to that situation that is the evolution itself. That makes sense. Sometimes, yeah. I think it depends on where you're at, right? So yes, if you're, if you're seeing that, here's the pattern. Um, and again, yeah, so that might be the choice in, you, in how you move through it differently is, and no thank you. <laughs> Love you, mean it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and cutting it off earlier than than later because a lot of times, yeah, those first feelings that you have are just gonna essentially get bigger if you stay in it, right? And you come to the same conclusion, but much later. But and the same, there's no wrong turns. That's true. But I want things to feel easier. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I was pointing. I want this. To yeah. Be yeah. I. I think. Two, I two things I wanted to like that came up for me that I wanted to touch on is that we can spend a lot of time thinking about like how to be like kind and loving to the other person, and when we have those moments of clarity and sobriety, like sober, like clear-eyed seeing, I also think it's really important to look at ourselves through those loving eyes and be like what would be the kindest, most loving thing to do for this human who happens to be me. Mm. <laughs> and that, Chantel, I think is also where we thread that line of like codependency. It's yeah. like, it's really for people who have um, maladaptive um, programming around relationships that looks like codependency. It's really easy for you, I'm sure, and for me don't know anybody else's stuff to switch into like what does the other person need what will make them feel good what will make them feel loved how can I meet all of their needs so we like and I don't think that's bad like that's great we have that skill we're experts at it so what if we just switch the lens back to ourselves because what you're actually looking for in that is your own safety even though we're like it's about you like it's all about me trying to get the trying to feel okay I'll make them feel okay so that I can feel okay or whatever yeah it's like the camera lens got like fun around somewhere in childhood and we're looking the wrong way and then the other thing I just wanted to touch on like 
service, it's because I've been like doing living the steps for so long. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody knows that or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just a, it's just how I like show up in the world. But sir, being of service is another one of those ways that we get, get out of our own way. It's like mm -hmm. the sensory deprivation is like repressing the ego. And that also, you know, in the times where I have been in the, the deepest, darkest places in my life, and I've had quality sponsorship, the advice sometimes simply is, you need to stop thinking about yourself, go and help someone else. Yeah. Because often when we're in that super dark place, whether it's around relationships or our self, you know, self-worth, oh wait, that's the same thing, or business or grief or, you know, any of the, the dark places we can sink into, what doesn't help is obsessing about my situation and spinning in um, in my own darkness. That's not, there's a place for grief and there's a place for loss and there's a place for deep sadness because of how, um, you know, because of all, because of my story, I tend to get really stuck in that. And so service has been like this beautiful, like light filled ladder out of that hole at many, many times in my life. And it's like, while I'm, while I'm not obsessing about myself, my, you know, the universe or my higher power or my soul is almost like able to come in and rearrange some things while I've got my hands, you know, doing dishes at a 12 step meeting or helping a friend move or, um, you know, even recently, um, I'm really interested in this idea of being service to nature. Mm -hmm. So even if my service is like, um, repotting my tomato plants or doing the disgusting job of turning over my compost heap or, you know, re checking on an animal that seems to be in distress. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for saying that. Such a great reminder. Because I think sometimes we're thinking like, I want to be of service, but then still obsessing about ourselves and not actually just shutting up and doing it. Like, even if it's something small and I totally agree. And I reminder for all of all yeah who you can like i always offer that like make a list of things that bring you into alignment with your soul and just have that as a go-to like and if you're feeling really down like and you can't do the big thing like just get outside <laughs> bare feet on the ground yeah, whatever go for a walk take a drive this is a really good tip like a really good takeaway make a list of things that put you in alignment with Mm -hmm. Wow. Make it as long as you can. Oh, like have that, that list, that inventory on hand. Can we do a little bit of that right now? Can we? Yeah. This is like my favorite thing that we do on retreat. Yeah. Just do a little, we'll go around and say yeah. like, did you like say five things that your soul loves to do? Okay. I love it. Do you want to start? No. Okay. I'll go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. One, being in the forest. Two, being near the ocean. Um, three, um, being of service, being of service, um, being of service without attachment. I have to be very clear with that because sometimes I can be of service to manipulate people. Which is not of service. Which is not of service. <laughs> 
by definition this period. Well, it's some service to my trauma. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. You're right. Thanks for calling my bullshit. Being of service without attachment. Um, what is the thing, though? Give us a thing that you would be of service. Like, even if it's something. Um, How would you be of service? I love when I, I, I coach one-on-one with people and I just drop in. And it's just like nothing about what I, none of my beliefs, like nothing about me matters in that moment. It's fully like, I'm here for you holding space. Like yes. that is just like, and I feel it. I go into a flow state and often what happens is after I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and I feel so good. Um, so that made, that's probably one way. Um, I love, I love, um, doing things for my friends, you know, like we're talking about your birthday. Like, I love that, that, that feels like service to me. Yeah. Um, have I said five yet? I feel like I have. That's a lot more. One more. One more. Um, um, I think there's something around like coming up with like creative ideas within work. Yeah. Like the creative creativity piece, just like brainstorming, yeah. like how to innovate. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> creativity. Yeah. It's a huge channel for the soul. Yeah. Do you want to go next? Uh, sure. So, um, you know, and when we ask this question, it's like, you can also just say what puts me in joy or what, what makes me feel better is essentially the same as what aligns me with my soul in a way. I mean, the soul gives you a better perspective of like that unconditional sense. Um, but movement is really big for me, you know, like a, a run, uh, or dance. Like I try to dance like every day a little bit. Um, and nature, is such a huge awakener for me. Uh, horses, you know, when I was going through this thing last week, I immediately called my teacher and I was like, I would like to make an appointment for a lesson, please. <laughs> because I knew that was gonna really feed my soul. Um, yeah, and connecting with the heart and getting out of the way. So if that's meditation or breath work, or as you said, um, I guess, you know, being of service would be the same. Um, what else puts me in alignment with my soul? Uh, Channels. I mean, yeah, I feel like, cause it's like so much falls under that. I feel like I already said that, but for sure. Whales. Oh yeah. Animals, whales. Yeah. Nature. Mm -hmm. board. Bianca, do you want to go? Sure. Um, sorry, the dog's water. Give me one. I can go with it. Okay, maybe you go, yeah. My soul loves to <laughs> um, swim in lakes and the ocean. Highest preference is naked. Um, yeah, being with horses, getting really present and deep into play with my son, like building Lego or painting gives me a tremendous amount of joy. Um, cooking really beautiful food 
preferably that I've grown some of it in my garden. Um, smelling flowers is like high on my list right now. Like I've really, really given myself permission to just be the weirdo that's like halfway into someone's yard with my face in a bush. And um, yeah, and, and, and coaching. I, I really relate to that. I, n I don't think I've ever said that, but when you were, Chantel, when you said that, like, yeah, dropping in and moving people through a process where they leave transformed is like my, one of my highest callings. So, yeah. And I really, if like, I can't do any of those things barefoot on the lawn, barefoot in nature, like, and a couple of deep breaths connects me to, yeah, connects me, brings me into alignment, brings me joy. Beautiful. Uh, I think the coaching piece for me too, especially with my life, mom, and that brings me so much. Like I feel to have like this conversation for an hour, and it's like deep coaching, and it's not comfortable, but that's when I feel really alive. Um, mm. Acupuncture. Mm, <laughs> yeah. That practice for me just brings me in back into like who I am, my inner being. Um and giving things away like I love I mean even this podcast like this is free for people to listen to but it's especially this last season we've gone on such a deep level and just giving that away is so amazing um and I love giving like just people in my life meaningful gifts okay and then just I think my meditation would be one in my life I don't do it I'm just like I, this is the this is not the this is the not good one. I want the good one back. So that's been something that really brings me back. That was Don't you feel so good now? Yeah, yeah just saying it. Like, these things are all floating around, but when you kind of say it out loud or write it down, it makes it more real. And you're like, hey, I got to go back to that and multiply. It. Mm -hmm. So so there's a hack. If you can't do any of them, just tell someone you like doing them. <laughs> That's a good hack. Yeah. You guys feel like, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about relationships and like being in that expansive place. Do you see that with the people that you work with that they have like patterns? So like their <laughs> blocks in work are the same as their blocks in relationships? So that's why we started our retreat because basically... Yes. <clears throat> So we, we host um, an immerse, immersion for leaders, and those can be people who work within organizations or who run their own businesses or who are trying to figure out which they are. <clears throat> and really, like, what I saw, I worked in, and so did Brie, like in the corporate world um, for a long time. And even I worked for a big Canadian athletic apparel company. I'll let your imagination <laughs> or you can just look up my LinkedIn, I guess, um, <laughs> where there was like a lot of focus put on balance. I don't really know. We can talk about balance in a minute. I don't think it's a thing. Um, by creating like an environment at work that was more supportive of your per like personal needs and, and gave us the tools to deal with our personal lives. So I kind of got a glimpse into that. But I really, like, ejected from that company and exited that company and, like, really connected that for me to be fully expressed, I needed to stop behaving like there was a work life and a personal life and that they were separate. 
That's such an old paradigm of leadership and business in the age of smartphones and, you know, answering emails on weekends and finding a company that aligns with your core values or running your own business that is, you know, directly um, an extension of your vision or the problem that you're in love with in the world. Like there's no separation. So of course the issues that are preventing you from having a meaningful romantic relationship are the same issues that are preventing you from being a good boss or from fundraising or from like launching that product that you've been sitting on for, you know, infinity. They're, they're all the same. And I love it when we land that, like we get into that in our immersions. And that's where I see people have these huge breakthroughs. So they're like, Oh, it's all the same wound. You know, I created an entire career out of this belief I have from when I was seven years old that I'm incompetent, lazy, disorganized, and I lose things. That also is how I, you know, is the wound I walked around with attracting partners for the, you know, first two thirds of my life thus far. Like it's, it affects all our instruments. (laughs) And I think too, like, I just had a, client the other day and we were working through some stuff and you know people usually like I want to work on career and money (laughs) like what else is there or or health right so we were moving in through the dynamics of relationship and self and it was so clear by moving through that that she needed to like heal or shift that so that she could bring that creativity in and all that expression. She, it's like more or less like you have to get the foundation steady or open the, open the valve in order for that to come through. Um, yeah. And then I think it all comes back to, you know, self and self-expression and where we're locking into the conditions and how we can like let go of those to allow more abundance or, or freedom of expression through. I really feel that I really, um, in my work that I do around money, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Your belief with money is probably the same thing that's impacting this and this and this. Yeah, I see patterns a lot. But I think what's really interesting, what you mentioned was the work-life balance thing. (laughs) And I always think about that, like, for like tax write-offs. My entire life is a write-off because my entire (laughs) life is my work. Yeah. You know, there's like the difference between the job, the career, the calling, right? Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so it's just it's just such an interesting way that we work now, right? Where you know, I I can't differentiate between really anything that I do, even like the people that I have in my life as friends, like in some way or another, they are they are a part of my work or my my work is a part of my life. So that that's an interesting thing, and I I love how you acknowledge that that's an old way of thinking that there has to be this work life balance between the two. Can I I want to share a bit of so yeah. an, a distinction that one of my mentors made recently that I love is like you can have a job or you can have your work, and your work is your is your life's work. Mm-hmm. When we talk about that. And I've been, um, I want to just share a story. I've I've been um, learning a lot from a really 
um, amazing woman named Candace Campo, um, who is a Squamish and Seashelt wisdom keeper, which are the local nations here. I live in their territories. And she was sharing with me about, um, and actually Bree and I went on a walk with her at the conference. And, you know, it was about trees, but then we ended up learning all about their um, her traditional culture, everything from parenting to architecture to environmentalism to, um, you know, cooking and justice. But one thing she shared with us that really stuck with me is that in their communities, um, children are a sacred gift from the creator. They're the most valuable thing in the community. I'm going to get emotional. And um, so when a child is born, even if they have developmental delays or they're, you know, they're really small or they don't walk as fast as the other kids, everyone in the community watches the child. So the parents watch the child, but also everybody in the community watches the child because they're looking for those unique gifts from the creator. What, what are you bringing for our community? And they have like meetings about the children and they talk about like, oh, you know, he he or she or they seem to, because gender is not real, um, seem to have a way with animals or they're a really fast runner or um, they have such ease with language or, you know, they just have this ability to connect with people. And from an early age, um, children are assigned a role in the community. So one of the ones that she shared with us was around, they had, um, and I've heard other elders talk about this, like the internet was runners. So their communication system was um, was people who could run quickly and would hold a lot of different dialects of the local language. And so at like 12 years old, they would be like, you are going to be a runner. You're gonna be a message carrier for our community. And they would be assigned, and that would be that person's life work. And it would, you know, in a lot of ways, influence every aspect of their life. You know, it would it would influence the types of foods they chose to eat or, you know, maybe where they lived in the village or how they spent their days. And we've gotten so far away from that. And I think that this new paradigm that Bree and I, and I believe that both of you are committed to ushering back in, it's actually not new. It's It's a lot of old wisdom that we've forgotten because as humans, we have this disease of forgetting. And, um, we're bringing back this more integrated way. You know, it's not available to everyone yet, but eventually I see, especially with the rise of automation, that people are going to be able to work on their work. Their job isn't just gonna be a thing that pays their bills. Um, it will hopefully, you know, we talk about it in entrepreneurship and the work in our immersion around like, what's the problem that you're in love with solving? Like, what's the problem that keeps you up at night that you can't, help but solve probably in every aspect of your life so if the problem you see is disconnection you're probably solving that in your work even if you are like a cashier at a grocery store you're probably solving that work like figuring out how you know to form connections with people in the three and a half minutes it takes to check them out also probably how you show up in your family or your church or your community or your gym so i also love the problem that you said the problem that you love to solve and to circle back you had said about like understanding your trauma is typically the problem that we like to solve is is actually coming from our own our own trauma right 
which <clears throat> is beautiful to kind of move from that place of pain and the pain becomes the, the passion. Yeah. And the more that we heal that individually, the bigger impact or the more service that we can be, right? all making sense what are we doing here anyway why do i have all these unique strengths and gifts <laughs> oh, if only if only they had been nurtured but that's also part of this beautiful life experience and what we chose and yeah figuring it out there's so much value in that right like there is no off course Thank you so much for being on guys. I love talking to you. I love the, your perspective and dynamic and yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Aren't they amazing duo? Yeah. Hey, I just a reflection like of your perfection. Okay. We're staring back at you. <laughs> I feel like we're very subdued today. We can be really, well, especially Brie can be really sass. Yeah. I love sass, but it's also, you know, night was, it's morning time. I need, I'm a slow start. I said, not a runner. You guys didn't hear me, but I said we should have a foursome. <laughs> I love it. But something in the future. And we just thought, maybe just want to tell the listeners about where they can find you or anything that you want to kind of push and promote. Go for it. Jack, you want to go first? Yes. Thank you. So for um, entrepreneur and leadership coaching, I work one-on-one -on -one with people all over the world. If they are local to Vancouver, they come to my house. <laughs> Otherwise, we use the internet. My website is JacquelineJennings.com and I'm on Instagram at Jacqueline D. Jennings. And I use and I love social media. Brie and I have uh, differing opinions, but I love it for storytelling. And so um, what you will get is um, stories about equity, my, ex you know, my experience and perspective on um, decolonizing, parenting, plant medicine, business, horses, lots of horses. And um, also you can um, check us out and follow the work that I'm doing around decolonizing at, um, if you search decolonizing practices on Instagram, we come up, the, the name is Chen Chen Sui, which is a Squamish word um, that is a concept about holding each other up and yeah that's where you can find me so uh, on my website there is information about our immersion and retreats about my group facilitation work I this is a, probably another conversation but I also hold workshops on harnessing the power of our menstrual cycle for success so for anyone who has a uterus reframing uh, menstruation from a burden to a performance upgrade in business and um, in all of our life. <clears throat> yeah, and our retreat next year is May 15th, I think. Yeah. May yeah. 10th to 15th. Oh, what's the 10th? Don't be late. Um, <laughs> and we have right now still uh, early bird discount for another, I don't know, I don't think it's a month, but a couple weeks, yeah. And our, um, our retreat is in Ashcroft, BC at Sundance Guest Ranch. So we take like 25 to 30 entrepreneurs and leaders to a full service food ranch. And we ride every day if people want, everybody seems to want. And then we go 
we go real deep and we have yoga and we have an, a professional animal communication expert who's done really powerful work. We meditate. Lee, Lee. <laughs> maybe that's your name of your alter ego. Bree leads really powerful breath work um, like three or four times during the retreat. And um, yeah, and then we have this incredible group of alumni. Everybody's connected. I just had a call with everyone last week. Little bonus workshop. Um, yeah, come come on, giddy up. <laughs> and uh, I, my website is my name, BrieMelanson.com. My Instagram is Brie underscore Melanson. And I am not uh, seeing one-on-one -on -one clients anymore because I, am, I really want to empower and uh, support people and, again, accessing their intuition and moving past blocks. So I have a couple online programs. One is Psychic Bootcamp, and there's a free like 90-minute training on my site you can get started with. Um, there's some other free resources. I am making an Oracle deck, and pre-sale is going to be out pretty soon. I'm really excited. I um, found an incredible artist. She was in France, and I'm just so excited to get these out. They're all channeled, and they're... Um, it's kind of like a healing deck. So if you pull a card that is abundance, it's not like you're abundant. Like, don't forget. It's like, here's a channeled essence of like what abundance actually is on a deeper level. And maybe this is why you pulled a card. And then on the other side, it's like, here are some ways that you can actually shift your beliefs and your perspective and your relationship with money or abundance or whatever that might be. Um, let's, let's, yeah, my online programs and I'm doing my first online breathwork uh, this week, but um, I think that's it. And my, my social media consists of some psychic tips and the BTS occasional dance video. I don't know, nature. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. And Jacqueline, it was such a pleasure to spend your birthday with you. Like, yes. Uh, I know. We're celebrating you. We're celebrating you too, <laughs> Thanks. No, she can have the light. She deserves <laughs> Thanks for listening. So as a money coach, I always talk about the exchange of energy. You guys just listen to this dope episode for free. So don't be cheap. Make a deposit into your Karma Bank account and review and subscribe to this podcast.